Welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We're your hosts, Tessa and Shayna. We are sisters, mothers, and doulas, and are passionate about living an intentional life and all things motherhood. This podcast exists to create community as we learn how to delight in motherhood together. Join us weekly as we chat with women about anything and everything from non-toxic living to women's health to feeding our families and our favorite topic of all, birth. We are so glad you're here. Please keep in mind, the views of our guests may not necessarily reflect our own and vice versa. This is not medical advice. We always encourage you to do your own research and make an informed decision. Let's get to it. Well, hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We are so glad you are joining us today. We're your hosts, Tessa and Shayna. We're just so happy you guys are just tuning in. We wanted to just give a little bit of an announcement. We are actually only recording audio this week, which is very unlike us because we typically record video and audio. And if you did not know that, then that means you must go to our YouTube channel to go check it out and to watch us live with all our guests or when we're just talking to ourselves. (laughs) It's pretty good. You can see us just making sweet faces, just mm, nodding our heads, giving each other high fives, you know, all the things that you want to be a part of, you can see it on the YouTube channel. So using our hands to talk. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All the (laughs) Puerto Rican comes out of us. So please check that out. We would love to have you guys just take a look and let us know. But today, we were going to kind of go into a very special story. It is Shayna's birth story. (laughs) We're so excited. The long-awaited birth story of Shayna having Sweet River. So, Shayna, (laughs) it is not very common for a young mama to pick a home birth for her first birth. So, I think that's kind of what we should cover first is just talking through that. How did you come to that? And what was just your journey and your process with with deciding on a home birth? Yeah, thank you for interviewing me. And I hope this is encouraging. I know when I was preparing for River's birth, I just ate up positive first-time mom especially home birth, but all birth stories. Um, So I hope this is encouraging to a mom out there. But we're choosing a home birth. We just, we were, we started out the traditional, you know, quote, traditional way. I had an OB. um, I actually had three in the first 20 weeks because I kept switching (laughs) providers because I didn't like people. Um. And so first of all, never be afraid to switch providers because you can do it as many times as you want until you find the mm-hmm. first one. Um, and we did. And I would say that my husband and I, we really have a priority of like our space and our environment. And so going into looking at an OB and a hospital, we were looking at that. Like, okay, like what could, where could we envision ourselves or give birth? And then... I started, I had like one of my best friends, Ashley, who she was on our show. She talked about her two amazing birth stories and so encouraging. So worth a listen if you haven't listened, but she had 
um, a planned home birth and it ended up turning to hospital birth. And then I have another dear friend that has all her babies at home. And so I had heard about it, but no one in our family, I mean, Tessie, you know, no one in our family had done anything like this. So it definitely seemed very out there and like, oh my gosh, like, can we do this? This is a big deal. No one else has done it. We live in an apartment. Like, how would this work? Um, and we watched The Business of Being Born, which was very informational. Um, it's definitely eye-opening. Um, it's, uh, it's a great resource. We love it. And with that, we kind of like, my husband was like, yeah, like, why are we giving birth somewhere the much? isn't in line with you know what we want what we believe the environment we want to set up and so he was really the one that kind of was like encouraging me more and encouraging us i feel like if he was at all on the fence or like didn't know i probably i don't know how it would have gone but probably wouldn't have been so sure but he was just so sure and I didn't feel that sure. Like, how do I know? How can I do this? Everyone tells me that I need an epidural and I need to birth this way and I need an OB in order to have it like healthy and perfect and safe. And so he really kind of like, no, kind of helped, I think, guide us in that direction. And I'm so thankful. So then we met with our midwife, who I pretty much knew once we knew we were we were doing out of hospital birth I pretty much knew she was going to be going to be her girl but I knew we had to like do the console you know just the doubles just to check all the boxes um and I'm glad we did because that really helped my husband get to know her more and us have that like foundational like okay this is who we are this is what we want this is what you do amazing so we uh we went into care around I want to say it was like 15 weeks. And before that, like I said, I had three different OBs and all of them would also let us in this direction. Like I remember one time I waited for an appointment for the OB for two hours and she was with me for five minutes. And during that time laughed at me because I asked what my options were for gestational diabetes. So she told me, you know, that test would be the next test that I'm doing. And um, I like asked her a question, like not even like crazy. I just asked her a question of like alternative positions for laboring and using like, uh, you know, not getting epidural. And she was just so annoyed at me for asking those questions and didn't give me an answer. Just like, okay, like you're going to want this, but whatever you want, you know, like you can talk about it, like whatever you want, but you're going to want it in the moment. Um, and so it just never was encouraging, never felt like I was being heard. And the, like, we literally always waited for every single beat and we talked to them for maybe five minutes. So no one knew us. No one knew our heart. They didn't know my name. They didn't know So did they know your name? No. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know anything. So yeah. I think that was just such like a beautiful parallel than going and being um, in front of a midwife because she looks at you and talks to you and explores options and it was just so beautiful and I was so encouraged and I felt so seen and I was also like can you like tell me what to do sometimes because she was so like well what do you want to do what do you think is right and I'm like I don't know what's right tell me what's right yes I'm kidding <laughs> but sometimes you know you just want like a little like okay but like what should I do and she did exactly. and I'm so thankful because I feel like that just you know in motherhood and pregnancy is you're a mama like that's when it starts so building that foundation. 
Yeah. Yes. Preparing you before baby's even here. So, yes. so good. And that's, I say that's one of the biggest differences, right? Is they're telling you what to do. Right. You know, the majority um, OBs right now, at least in America, they're telling you what to do rather than asking, what do you want to do? And so just even the framing of how they give you um, instructions and these conversations go, everything is ruled by they're telling you, this is the checklist, this is what you will do, these are the tests that are going to happen, this is how we do them. And you just start to get brainwashed of like, oh, right, okay, so this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do over and over and over. So just so cool that she is like, oh, no, you're going to choose. What do you want to do, honey? And then you're like, I haven't even ever had the chance to wonder that. What do I want to do? Yeah. And I think it's going back to like your intuition because we, it's so strong and I feel like it gets stripped away sometimes of like, we're looking to who we have been told is the authority in all situations, you know, a doctor, anyone with a degree, whatever it may be. And in pregnancy, it's a doctor and whatever they say is like what we need to be doing. And it takes away our, our ability and our innate ability and our nature to actually have an instinct like no like I know that this is what my baby needs and it just kind of strips that away and it continues you know pregnancy is just to start it continues the whole time so that was really I think groundbreaking for me foundational because then I really just took charge like okay like what do I want this birth to look like because it's this is this is what I'm taking hold of and it's sacred and it's beautiful and we can curate this environment and we can curate this space of what does it feel like what will it sound like well, who's going to be present you decided on a home birth it's around yes. 15 weeks and then how do you start to prepare like what what were you reading who were you yes. looking to because obviously she was giving you suggestions but you were probably doing most of it more on your own yeah Yes, I, um, a lot of this stuff is like stuff we've kind of already covered in other episodes, so yeah. just kind of repeat, but I read, um, we watched Business Being Born, loved that, I love, um, Expecting Better, very helpful, mm-hmm. very informational, just kind of debunking a lot of myths, or the, a lot of the fears that are around pregnancy, um, I, outdated, outdated fears, very yes, outdated. outdated research. Um, I read Hypnobirthing, which I thought was so helpful, the book. And even though I didn't really apply that as much in my birth, which we'll get into, but the way that that book is broken down, it was so simple of like, this isn't pain. These are intense Mm -hmm. sensations. And the way that it was broken down just anatomically, what, you know, the purpose of a surge or a contraction, what our bodies are doing. It was so beautiful and and simple to me that I just ate it up. I loved that book. Mm -hmm. I loved Mama Natural's um, step-by-step, you know, or week-by-week guide instead of what to expect you're expecting. I I didn't read that. Um, So I read that. I read a lot of books. And now I, oh, the fourth trimester, the first four days. Yeah, Yeah, anime Gaskin. So all of those books I loved. I love reading. So I just ate those up. And then I did a lot of just really trying to be mindful in the moment. So affirmations, um, just kind of like putting on an affirmation, like the built to birth affirmations. I love built to birth. I watched a lot of her YouTube videos. I love pain free birth. Karen Alton, she's amazing. And I followed her Instagram immediately and just read all those stories. I love listening to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, Down to Birth Podcast. 
birth and pregnancy made easy. Like there were just so many that I was being so intentional. Like every drive, every time I was getting dinner, I was listening. I was filling my mind with positive birth stories. And I was also doing the research of what happens in birth. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. just in my own la-la land of everything is going to be magical and wonderful. But I also knew like, okay, I know the risks of having a home birth. I know the risks of having a hospital birth. I know these complications that can happen. So then I'm able to make an informed decision when we go over this with my midwife and when we talk about, you know, after birth and all that stuff. So I'd say I really kind of just dove into that. This is when I really took hold of like, what am I putting on my skin? Um, what perfume am I wearing? What perfume am I no longer wearing? Which is all perfume. And that's what I'm most sad about. We haven't smelled good in three years. <laughs> We're never gonna smell good again. So if anybody knows if Dime Beauty is actually clean, let us know. We don't think it is. They advertise supposedly like they are. It is. It's I don't know. Like, supposedly. But I want to be able somebody to let it. us know. We need, I know we need to smell it. We need to know. I, I've been noticing just this week and Jake's been noticing it too, which is so funny, but like we'll walk by someone or I'll be with someone and they were holding church and he's like, what is, what is happening? What, like, why does he smell like that? And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, whatever so-and-so's perfume or whatever, like lotion, anything. And it is. When you don't have it, it is so strong. And it's just so funny that like, even just being, um, yeah, like we were just on a trip and just everyone was like spraying perfume and stuff. And I was like, dang, like these smells are so, so strong. It's just so wild because I, I use it, you know, sometimes when you're in different crowds, right? It's like uncomfortable to be like, oh no, it's okay. I don't need it. Right. <laughs> but I always just like, you're just putting like, essential oils. <laughs> Yeah, I just like, like, oh, it's a baby. I I really don't use, like, perfume, you know, with the baby. And, like, I always point to that. But I'm like, what are you saying? You don't have a baby right now. It's it's a little awkward sometimes. I (laughs) just say I don't use it. It's so good. It's so good. Let's get back to it. (laughs) Go go back to it. What you were saying is you took hold of everything. You became full crunch. I didn't become full crunch, but I was. You became the crunchier granola than you were. You were kind of like soft granola. (laughs) I was like a soft baked breakfast bar. And then I became a nature valley. Nature. Exactly. All over you. Um, (laughs) Doing like, what is is happening? (laughs) This is great. But like, I didn't realize this. I'm like, just wait, buddy. Buckle up. Thank you. He's like, girl, you do whatever you want to do. He, but yeah, darling. He's the most supportive. <laughs> and like, we no longer keep plastic in our home. And you will no longer smell like any kind of scented detergent ever again. Oh, they miss it. And bleach <laughs> will never step foot in our home. Um, so, yes, I started taking hold. And again, just laying that like, groundwork of really knowing why my why behind everything and you know researching it when you're carrying a daughter her ovaries are literally forming in your body as she's growing like you're she's born with all the eggs of her and so all of those things really impact like every decision i'm making super makeup i wore to you know what we're washing our clothes in and it was very exciting so that was one way i started preparing i did acupuncture starting around like 20 weeks 
and then mm-hmm. being super consistent. Um, when I was in my third trimester, uh, going every two weeks and then every week, and then mm-hmm. I went like multiple times because then he'd be closed for the holidays. So acupuncture, seeing a chiropractor, um, being really mindful of my posture and positioning, how I was sitting, how I was standing, how I was holding my pelvis. Um, and I also was doing those like cow every day, minimum of 10 minutes. I was doing pigeon and inversions and just anything I knew that could start getting baby in the optimal position and me feeling, you know, good. I felt so great with her. Um, I had pretty bad acid reflux, which mm-hmm. was not fun and heartburn. And that started around like 14 weeks, which now I know it's a lot of just like body anatomically, like where the ribs are and like if your back's out and everything. So I tell my chiropractor and she helps me out with it. But um, that was something that was pretty intense. And I wasn't expecting it so early because I wasn't big. Like, I didn't show with the river until, like, I was seven months pregnant. You're tall, for those who don't know you. You're tall. So for you to expect that you would be someone who's dealing with that is, yeah, uncommon. So Yeah, because I was like, she's got plenty of space. Right. So that was something, and, like, I don't know the tips and tricks for that, but I had to eliminate a lot of foods. Like, I couldn't eat basically anything fried. I couldn't do anything, like, acidic or tomatoes or pasta sauce, which I love pasta. I love fried food. All I was craving was fried chicken. And I never thought I went out. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, really, like, timing out my meals where I could not eat past a certain point or I would be up all night long. Mm-hmm. So that I would say was like the most uncomfortable point, but I loved being pregnant. I loved being pregnant with her. It was so special. Um, and oh, and the food that I put in my body. It was really intentionable, inten- intentionable, intentional with nutrition, with trying to you know get that at least ninety grams of protein every day, of sneaking it in. Because um, I know it gets harder to eat as you get further along, and there's just less space. So I would make myself like a collagen um, milkshake every night, and I didn't even feel bad about it. Two no, scoops of collagen, ice cream, whole milk. <laughs> it was a dream. So good. Uh, I would so put collagen into everything. everything. Me too. I had so oh. many milkshakes at church. So many. You need them. I needed them. All the them. good fats, protein, I know. collagen. It's amazing. I know. And it helps you not be hungry during, like, when you're fasting at night. So exactly. it helps kind of maintain those sugars. Anyways, it's all justified. Eat a milkshake if you want it, ladies. Um, Even if you're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but I really was just intentional about that. Nutrition plays a huge part in how we feel in pregnancy and postpartum. So I really wanted to make sure that I was getting enough and, you know, doing that for my baby. Um, I'd say those were the main. I was going to say, too, just going back to because I think something that's missed a lot and it's something that somebody said to you after your baby was born. They're just like, oh, my gosh, you had a home birth. Oh, it was easy. What? Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> And I just remember being like, oh, and then you literally went, oh, well, 
I worked really hard for that. And I prepared my body for 10 months. <laughs> you didn't say it like that. But you actually responded to her and you kind of put her and like, actually, no, this just didn't happen to me. Right. I was a part of the process the entire time. I think that's a huge factor. But then also perspective is something I think we both always talked about when we've been pregnant is just like, okay, you can lean into every ache and every pain and every inconvenience and all these things. Sure, you could just like working sucks, you know, a lot and cleaning your house, like all these things. But it's also life like we get to do these things. So you always had such a positive experience of like, I get to be pregnant, I get to have this baby, I get to grow her. And that's such a huge thing that, you know, I think it's becoming more of like, okay, this is a joy. But it's not, it was not common for either of us. We were like the happiest. And I'll say it, we were happy. Like we were like the happiest pregnant people because, and everyone would always be like, how are you feeling? And we're, we would both be like, oh, I feel great. I'm good. And they'd be like, really? Really? And it's just like, they want you to get so negative. So I just think that's something too. Like you had such a positive mindset. But I think something too that you could bring in is, if you don't mind talking a little bit about it, is just maybe like how having like, you know, you talked some about like having some anxiety stuff. How did that play into, you know, being pregnant, but then also maybe like leaning up closer to the birth where you start to feel stuff or... Oh, yeah. Um, that was the hardest thing. And that's why I was like, Julian being on board was how I knew, like, okay, it's a piece because if he wasn't like unsettled and not sure, I would have just been okay. But right. with that, it was a lot of like, which I'm so thankful for my midwife because I thought, like, I am freaked out that. I'm going to hemorrhage, go to the hospital, be separated from my baby, whatever. My worst fears, right, in birth. And she's like, okay, and why are you afraid that's going to happen? How's that happening right. when you know? What are the statistics? What is it that we're looking at? What is it? Okay, do you know what I would do, you know, an hour before that ever happened? Do you know what I would do 10 hours before that? So it was like just kind of like I felt so comfortable coming to her and being like, hey, this is what I'm stressing out about, whatever it may be. And I felt so comfortable asking her. And then I also had people like you who had already had a baby, like like other people that I could go to and be like, is this normal or am I crazy? And right. the majority of the time, it was normal, common for, you know, pregnant women to experience it. And I wasn't alone. And so I think I really just tried to exercise like communicating what I was feeling and I wasn't keeping it in, which is... Yep not typically how I function um and like doing the same thing with Julian like making sure he knew and knew my fears and like going up to it like I was like 38 weeks pregnant I was like I cannot do this I can't have a home birth what am I gonna do what am I gonna do if it gets to me too much what are we gonna do and you're like we're gonna get through it what are you talking about like we're gonna do it um so I'd say with that and I will say that like acupuncture really helped doing those affirmations where I would literally turn them on and get in a bath. Those really mm-hmm. helped where I was connecting with my body, with my mind, with my baby. And really, I just really felt balanced. Like I didn't feel like kind of what a lot of women would like describe it in pregnancy. Like I, I didn't feel awful. I didn't feel horrible. I know that's a gift. Like I know that there are so many women that things just happen and pregnancy is really, really hard. Um, so we're not at all 
diminishing that fact. We know that. Um, but I would say like I just felt good and that I think that also helped me. Like everything that my body is going through is purposeful. There's a reason behind it, there's intention behind it. And so I'm going to to come alongside and find it. I think that really helps me. Did I answer that question? Yeah, I'm ready to talk yeah, about that everything else. Okay. No, that was great. Okay. Thanks, so. so, it's D Day. It's D Day. <laughs> it's Target Day. Tell us what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's popsicles, yes. Target, being in denial, and mucus plug. Tell us. Oh my gosh, you guys. The popsicles were the biggest deal. Um. Yes, it was. I will first, I'll just say I was looking ripe. Okay, when we say we're looking ripe, we mean those those lips are juicy, that face is zucked around, and that nose has slightly spread. And mm-hmm. I was looking like that, but I was very much convinced I would not have my baby till 42 weeks, and it would be a really long labor. So also going with the prep work of like, I had prepared for this to be a long thing. Um, but I was also hopeful and envisioned it being a quick, short, exactly what I wanted labor. So you can do both things. You need to prepare for the marathon and then also can be hopeful of the sprint, you know? So those are those beautiful things to hold both both sides. Um, it was the night before I went into labor, excuse me. I was bouncing on the birth ball, sipping a milkshake. And <laughs> just, I was probably watching Love Island because I love a good reality show. I can't watch it anymore. Anyways, um, I have and, a daughter around. <laughs> I have a daughter. I cannot do that stuff. Um, <laughs> and I was really hoping that I would go into labor before we took down the Christmas tree, which for us, we're ready to get our house clean and ready to go for the new year so we don't mess around, especially Julian. He's amazing. He wants everything to just be put back and ready. So I knew that if I wanted that, I probably would have to go into labor. So anyways, I'm just at my birth ball, doing my little pelvic tilt, sipping a milkshake, looking at my Christmas tree, and it was just so peaceful and soft. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I think baby is, is going to be coming, like, maybe in the next week. And that night, I had a little bit of bloody show. Right before I went to bed, and I was like, okay, um, don't think too much of that because, oh, I should backtrack. So about two weeks prior to that, I had pieces of my mucus plug um, that I was losing. And so I was like, oh, wow, like my mucus plug is And my mother was like, yeah, maybe, but it can also grow back, you know. So I started to have some bloody show. And that night, I remember I woke up like four times and I was so nauseous and I had some like period like cramps. I don't think too much of it because towards the end, you just kind of feel a little bit crampy, um, a little bit nauseous, at least for me. Like I just kind of feel nauseous and crampy for like those, you know, that week leading up to it. Um, and so there, okay, whatever, like keep doing my thing. And then I remember I woke up that morning and I looked different. Like looking back on it now, I know I looked different. I looked very ripe. And I felt so, like I woke up and I felt so weak. 
And he's like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is happening? From that morning, um, I lost my mucus blood, which I like sent a picture in the middle. Of, I was like, what is this? I thought I already lost it. She's like, oh, no, girl. Shana, meet your mucus blood. And I was like, wow. Um, and so then later that morning, um, my midwife's birth assistant, who she's another midwife. She's amazing. She was kind of near me. And we have had emergency. So she came over and she looked at me. She's like, okay, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel good. I just feel really weak this morning. Like, I just have no energy all of a sudden. And she's like, hmm, okay. She's like, well, I think I'll see you later tonight. And I go, will you? Will you? I don't think so. And, and she's like, okay. She's like, well, really just keep us posted on how you're feeling. Make sure you're eating and hydrating. And I'll see you later, I think. And I was like, I don't think so, but okay, you keep dreaming, lady. Um, and so we're just going to our day. It was a little drizzly, it was a little cold. I loved it. I wanted it to be rainy when I was in labor, but again, not thinking anything of it. So we're going about, and I realized that I forgot one of the most crucial things on my list that I needed to get, which were some strawberry popsicles. So Tessa drives by and she's like, hey, I don't know where you were, but you were somehow, somehow next to, close to me. And I was like, yeah, let's go get popsicles together. Which I'm so glad I did. Because it was so important to me. And I had forgotten it. So Julian here and I go with you. And during the car ride, I remember I had like one wave. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Okay. Um, they just feel like little period cramps. Like it's nothing big. And you were just staring at me like, uh-huh. I'm like, that's what, nothing's happening. And I don't know, like, I text my midwife, and she's like, okay, like, I just really want you to try to rest, like, try to get rest in today. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to play battle. Everyone's acting so weird. <laughs> but I'm totally normal. Just need to go get popsicle. <laughs> and so we go to Target and just looking around. You try to pick up Sage. I try to pick up Sage. And I was like, don't you freaking dare. I, I, I. <laughs> and during that, I did have a few more ways. I'm like, okay, maybe I should get home. Um, again, I wasn't thinking anything was going to happen, but I was like, okay, like, let's, I don't want to have waves in the middle of, like, the Target, you know, popsicle aisle. So I got cool. my popsicle, wah, wah, wah. Got my popsicles, we went home, said bye-bye to Tessa. And I would say, like, around, like, 4 p.m., they became consistent. They were about every like five to seven minutes, but consistently coming where I was noticing them. I'm like, okay. So I like texted my midwife. She's like, okay, let's just try to rest. Like, you know, like I wasn't thinking much of it. She was just being a great midwife and just letting me know, like, yeah, okay, just try to ignore them. Um, and so I love to do a job. So we got our house ready just in case because we had like not done a few things. You know, we were setting up shelves and reorganizing and we classic. Yeah. Reorganize our living room, the orientation. Wanted to make sure it was. Um and I remember we set up the couch and we set up the bed. And at this point I was starting to have to like pause in between and kind of like focus on them. I didn't necessarily have to like breathe through them. I was still talking through them. 
but I had to be a little bit more focused. And I was like, okay, like, this is something that I should probably notice. And so I remember I started tracking them around like 5.30. And they were consistent. They were around like every five minutes and lasting like, you know, almost a minute. And I was like, okay, things are happening. But again, thinking that I was preparing for a very long, long labor, being told that as a first-time mom, this is going to go on. And so we're just kind of like doing our thing and ignoring them. And then it got to a point around like seven where I couldn't ignore them anymore. Like I had to focus, I had to settle, I had to breathe through them. So I got in the shower and I also knew, I knew that I would get, it would be getting closer to like, okay, like we're getting in the zone more when I was getting annoyed with our dog and I needed her to leave. And so that happened right around that time. And I was like, okay, like, and that honestly made me pause. I was like, what is happening? Like, am I actually in labor? Like, is this actually happening? Am I going to have a baby? Because before then, I was like, okay, like, whatever. This could go on for days. Like, this is just, we're just chilling. And, you know, but as you're everything going to be told as a first-time mom, like, for sure, like, a 24-hour labor at least. going to be up and no, no. Um, and so my husband took our dog out and I remember I was texting my midwife in the shower and she's like, wait, are you like alone right now? And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, it's not a big deal. Like you only just took our dog out. And he was, she was like, so you're alone and you're having contractions like this? And I was like, yeah, like what, what's the big deal? Like this isn't anything happening. And she's like, okay, well then I'm going to see you like in a while. And so when she was such a little, okay, so this really isn't happening because she would have told me if things were progressing. She would have been able to be telepathic. (laughs) (laughs) And no, no. And then a shift happened where around like eight, I was, I needed to breathe through them. I need to be focused. I needed Julian to be present using my hips, holding me, whatever it may be. I was so uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, like, this is getting to a point. Like, I don't, this is getting to be intense. And I started to feel, and now looking back, you know, like, okay, that was just because baby's moving down, head's engaging a little bit more and engaging in the pelvis. But it was pressure where I was like, this is, like, kind of getting intense. And so I called the midwife or Julie because I had this point like I couldn't I wasn't on my phone at all. I wasn't texting. Um, and besides like so that, I say that's another tidbit. When you don't want to be the one to call, yeah. That tells you something, mama. Yeah. It tells you you're something. When you're, yeah. If you're like, yes. I can't even talk. Like no. Yeah. I can't even like think of how to speak to this person. Yeah. hundred percent. So he called and she's like, okay, like we're heading over. And it was around nine, and um, the other midwife came over, and she texts me, or like 9.30 at this point, she texts me, and I had just been laboring in the shower. The hot water felt so good. I was on cat cow in there, and just on my hands and knees, or doing cat cow on my hands and knees. And she came, and she texts me, and she's like, okay, well, you're eight centimeters. And she says it so casually that I'm like, hmm, not really. What did she just say? And three centimeters, like, okay. <laughs> um, and then she checks me again because she was like, I broke my And then she checks and she's like, Shana, did you hear me? You're at eight centimeters. 
I can feel your baby's head. I don't know. People heard you. She she first checked your purple line. That's what you said. Right. Which is so cool. Yeah. And that's always something we suggest. Check out your booty crack purple line. Just Google it. Um, Before labor were to start to progress, you know what it looks like. Because just different skin tone and everything like that really has to do with the color of your line. Uh, So just something... Something to keep in mind, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was so cool. Yeah, she did that. Um so I was in And then she said she felt your baby's head. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? I eight centimeters? Is that supposed to be there? <laughs> Is my baby's head supposed to be that low? Huh? And I was like, how did this happen? She's like, come here and I told you and I told you I would see you tonight. I told you having this baby. I was like, but this is too fast. Like, I can't be having it. How am I eight centimeters? This just happened, like, we went from zero to 100. Like, I need to process this. I probably need to go cry for a second. Um, I will say that's not that when things started picking up a little bit more, I did take a moment. I took my last bump picture um, as encouraged by Tessa. And I really just like connected and took a moment to kind of just settle and be present in that moment of like knowing that this would never happen. Never be pregnant with River at this point, never be in labor at this night, on this day, at this time. And so just really wanted to be present in all of it. Um, and I'm really glad I did that. I went into her room one last time and checked everything and made sure we were all ready. Um, and I'm so thankful for that little bit of time that I had to do that. Um, and so she comes like, yeah. So we had already blown up the birth pool. Julian is so on it and prepared. And so he had done all of that stuff while I was in the shower. Um, and so I started feeling just like, okay, well, like, you can start to get in it. And there was a, a shift that I felt like when I got in there, it was probably like, oh, I'm like, I want to say closer to 10 um, because I was on, uh, I was in need of chest pose for a little bit just to make sure baby was in optimal position, which is very uncomfortable if you're doing it for the first time and you have to do it during surges. So it is not as honest, but very helpful. And I remember that in the, during all my surges and my contractions, I wanted to be forward leaning over the couch and then when I got out of it I wanted to drop down into hands and knees and do like hip circles and that was just like my intuitive movement and that's the only thing I'm like I would literally bury my head try to relax during the surge and then dip into hands and knees and get like rotating and so that for some reason just felt great to me and I was trying to keep baby moving as much as possible and getting in the correct position but so intuitive, like I wasn't planning on doing that, you know. Um, Your doula's still not here here. at this point. My doula's not here, so um, the midwife came around to 9.30, my doula came around 10, and my midwife came around 10.30, by the time she made it over here, and I got in the tub around 10.15 when she came, and the second I got into the tub, I started throwing up, and my body, like, I started, like, shaking, and it was almost immediate that when I had that water, and I felt that relaxation, of like, my body was able to, like, open, and, like, do an exhale, 
on all of these things. Like I literally immediately threw up and I was going through transition. So that was wild. That was very intense. Those were the most intense sensations were those transition sensations. Um, so intense. And those were in the moments I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. It's just call the ambulance. Let's get out of here. Let's go home. <laughs> And you are home. <laughs> I am home. That really only lasted that feeling of like, how am I going to do this any longer? In that moment, it was like a solid five minutes. And then I had a little bit of that that rest, that pause that comes before pushing. And I'm so thankful for that. And we were just talking and laughing. And I had my soft glow from the Christmas tree. And I was so excited. And I was just so in awe. Like, my body and my baby how did this happen where you know a few hours ago I was just making sure I had a popsicle so that I had it in my freezer to now I'm in the birth pool about to you know birth my baby (laughs) um and so then they were like okay and I started to bear down they noticed that with every wave I was starting to bear down be a little bit more vocal and I came like you can I push you like that's where it feels like your body's moving and so I did, and I was just kind of like not really pushing, but just kind of feeling it out, seeing what felt good. And I did that for about 30 minutes, and they're like, okay, like, we're, you're starting to make progress. Like, we're seeing that movement happen from these pushes. Like, if you want to, we can start pushing. Like, you can begin pushing. And so I would consider that I was pushing that whole time because I was, but really began around 11:30, and I started pushing and I remember halfway through I was so discouraged everyone kept telling me like you're doing amazing you're doing awesome keep going keep going and I'm like am I because this baby's not here and you guys keep telling me that I'm doing good but I don't see a baby in my arms so <laughs> am I I don't remember what time and we've heard that she was very sassy very sassy you guys so but continue with the popsicle. I, I just needed a popsicle right now. Literally. I was so hot from the tub. It felt so good. I need a cold compass on my head and a popsicle in my mouth. And I looked at my midwife. I took my popsicle out and I go, listen, give me some constructive criticism because I can't do this any longer. And I need to know what to do. <laughs> she was like, Dana, keep pushing. I see that. And I was like, okay, that was enough for me. And a few pushes later, I have a popsicle in my mouth. My dual is holding a popsicle. A popsicle in my mouth. My pushing river out. I still can't. I can't handle it. And like I didn't remember that. Anyways, um, I in my mouth, and I pushed her out, and I just hear Julian, and they're like, "Here she is!" And he catches her, and he brings her immediately to me. And I was just in shock. Um, I had just said I couldn't do it. And then I think the next thing I utter is like, oh my gosh, I could do that 10 more times. <laughs> and she's just on me and crying and perfect and a little squishy dumpling. And it was just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. It was the hardest thing, the most intense thing. I would never describe it as painful. Um, like I wouldn't. I would describe it as in, insanely intense. Takes you to the depths of who you are as a human being. 
that's not painful for me. And again, I think that mindset and perspective of like, I just reframed it of every contraption as a purpose, every surgery yep. bringing my baby closer to me. Um, but I didn't tear. She was born right in our living room. And I would say that like after just settling in with your baby in your own home was the most incredible feeling. Um, mm. I birthed the placenta in the pool and then we got up and we, um, I birthed placenta on my own time and midwife just waited until I felt that, you know, that urge and then birthed the placenta and then we walked. I was like, I'm walking from my living room to my bedroom. This is for holding my newborn baby. No one touched her for the first, you know, hour and a half, two hours of her life. And it was just beautiful and simple. And just like the team of women that I wanted surrounding me and supporting me, and they were all there. And it was just so amazing. Um, but yeah, that was her story. I did have a little bit. Oh, no, I was say she came on her estimated due date. He did. She was Which right. Is very cool. Very cool. A little wild girl. I think it's the neatest thing. She just yeah. was ready to rumble. She was. She was very Full head of hair. Full head of hair, but came like a daddy. But it was the most beautiful day. I'm just, I'm just like, this feels surreal. How is it possible that we just gave birth to our child and they're leaving us, which honestly, when they left us, I was like, there's no one here. You're going to leave me with this baby? What am I supposed to do? But also, like, there's no one here. We can rest. We can sleep. We're in our own space. We don't have someone waking us up every two hours. Like, it was just magical. And how mm. it, for us, how it should be. So I loved it. I loved giving birth. Um, it was a wild time. But it was very sad. That's River's birth story. It's just the coolest. I remember seeing her the video that you allowed me to see, yes. and just crying, just because it was the most mm-hmm. powerful. Just cool. You were still so calm. You sure you had emotion, but it was like nothing. Like you said, nothing was extreme. Nothing was like out of the ordinary it just happened life happened in your living room as it does every yeah. day yep so neat yeah. yeah so so cool is there any mm-hmm. final like little encouragement that you want to leave a first-time mama who maybe is questioning if home birth or if she's questioning her relationship with her ob or you know anything like that yeah it's kind of how you got where you were yeah I think just have like the the courage to it's not comfortable, but like talk to people, like talk to your different OBs if you know you're set on having a home, I mean a hospital birth, but also like where do you feel the most peace? Because that's going to lead to a peaceful birth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you do truly feel the most peace in the hospital, then pursue that and find a team to support you. And don't be afraid to switch providers if that means switching providers at 37 weeks. Like, no one cares. You're the one paying them. So they all work for you. So just just do what works best for you. But if a home birth or birth center feels like that's more peaceful, but you don't know how it's going to work, it just 
it works. Like it happens. You have so many options. There's insurance. You can submit a super bill. Like you can do things. You can just ask for funds if it's a monetary thing that's kind of holding you back. But they're like, don't be afraid to pursue other options that go outside of what your comfort zone might be. Mm-hmm. And and follow where that piece leads because that you. Mm-hmm. And another thing that you did was you chose to just not offer information because you were just protecting your space, right? In yeah. preparation for birth and with this baby. So you just weren't offering the information um, about what your birth plan was, which I think was a really wise thing in your situation. Um, might be yeah. something else for somebody else, but that's always a thing too. Yes. Right? People, you don't have to disclose everything. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, because the second, you know, oh, when's your due date? Oh, it's, you know, April 21st, and then everyone's asking you, come um, mm-hmm. April 10th when that baby's coming. Um, yep. So you can give a, you know, your estimated month. And yeah. yeah, you don't have to tell, like, people who are as close to me as home to home birth. If people straight up ask me, which was hilarious, when some people would, like, ask me, like, are you having a home birth? Because they knew I was doing things a little bit different. I was like, oh, yeah, I am. Oh, you knew that. But for the most part, like, people didn't know. And mm-hmm. it's only after the fact, people are like, how was the parental, how was your hospital? Like, some people I tell, like, oh, my gosh. I tell everyone, I love birth. I'll give birth as many times as I can. And I want a home birth. Like, after the fact, I, I share with everyone that. But before, I really kept that sacred and just close to me and close to our family of who we were trusting with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, I loved rehearing your story once again. Thank so I felt very scared. So I'm sorry. No, it, didn't make it was sense. wonderful. Mm. It was totally wonderful. Well, thank you again, guys, for joining us today. And please always feel free to reach out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. We're so thankful you decided to join us today. And we hope you go forward in your day feeling encouraged and seen. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. The first way is to share the show with a friend via text or Instagram. You can follow and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And finally, follow us on Instagram at 4 Mama Birth. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode.